The shirts are off. Brilliant. Welcome to the podcast. So today, guys, we've got Mike and Gaz down from Redom. Um, and there's been a little bit of uh, butty talk going on at the dance, to be fair. Yeah, so when we're getting people down on the podcast, we're not just messing about with the usual. Right, guys, get into the story. Yeah, we're going to start actually going into it, right, butties. Yeah, butties are a big part of my <laughs> life. Always have been. They're a big part of everyone's life. So the Did challenge is to impress me with a butty, for one, because I'm a very critical person on butties. Gaz has stepped up massively. I'm nervous. I am nervous. There's no way he was stepping up. So last night he said to me, "Delegation, nervous." He said to me, "I'll do the butties." I've never seen him cook. I've never seen you make anything. So I was scared. So I was like, "I'll take the butties." You know, you know, the the usual podcast style goes. You know, let's tell a bit bit about where you're from and your childhood. You're you're learning a lot now. You're learning (laughs) a lot. This This is this this is what we're going to judge you on. You know, let's see what your butties are like. I've grown up on these butties, so this this is what we're going to see now. Right, right. Go on, go you want the boys now? We're getting them out. Maybe it looks like I brought a, a bag of potatoes down here. See, I was, I was up last night proving bread. We know, <laughs> we know what this is about. Hey, this is proper butty. That ain't a butty, mate. You wouldn't go to school with that, would you? Listen. Here we go. I didn't know we were allowed to use machines. <laughs> machines? <laughs> two irons. They're using on the toasting machine. Two irons. I had two irons on the back of these. I mean, oh, for fuck's sake. That's not bad, but mate, I've gone for bread. I've gone French. Didn't you say you've got Italian family? I've gone French. You said Italian though. I did, boy. yeah. My mum's half Italian, so I went back to my roots with some you know, Italian meat. What's in that? Don't ask. Two pints would do a job on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, mate, is this warm? Why is there smoke coming off that? <laughs> Why is there smoke coming off it? Yeah, boys. Oh, okay, you so I tell you what though, we've got a mixture of breads over here. You have to. Be we've fair. mixed breads up, lad. So you got a crusty. What do you want, Dan? Do you want crusty roll or do you want a baguette or what? 100%. Sure. How many you got here? Yeah, I've got enough butties for everyone. <laughs> yeah, there's enough for everyone. Can't Dan's just brought two. I've done everything. One each. You know what I mean? It's a little, a oh yeah, I brought us a couple each, mate. I didn't know if you were bulking or not. We're changing the game a bit. That's on not the bad. Actually. Hey. Oh, tell different you. breads. Have tell you cut the middle out of that? Don't and worry about posh. the middle out. Hey, we've done it properly, mate. I'll we cut the middle that. out. Hey, have a little bite on that, Dan. You'll okay, enjoy so it. Mike's daughter got on that after the ski and made it. <laughs> <laughs> so we can see clearly. There's levels to it. There's mm. levels to the sandwich game. Yeah. Thanks, Cody. Nice Thank, Cody. Thanks for the coffees. Thanks a lot. Brilliant. So good. Grab a butty. We brought five. Yeah, I have a butty. Choose a butty. Choose which one you want. Do you like a sandwich? Sure. No. Okay. We're in. <laughs> so we're definitely in now. I'm going to explain what I'm rocking. Go, Go on. We've got a white tiger bread, a bit of extra salt there. The mm. steak has been left out last night for an hour. It's not, did half an hour. I've salted it before. We've actually, you know, fried it in the pan. We've nice, rendered mate. the fat on the side, so we've got a bit more in there. Fried it in butter as well. Basted it as we're cooking. There's three Very minutes to decide on that. Listen. You've been set up. We've been set up. Oh, yeah. Set up. Set up. Set up. the deck. Massive. Unreal. Massive. Steak, we've got caramelised onion, red chutney. Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah. red onion chutney. And we've got cheese on there and we've Lovely. toasted that on there with a little, you know, a little toasty Sound. press. What are we on with there, guys? <laughs> yeah, cheese and ham, mate. <laughs> <laughs> mate I, um, we could probably talk about it in a bit, but Isaac is a new member of our team. He turned up to my house at seven this morning and I dragged him straight to Aldi, mate. At Lidl. So I went to Lidl Bakery. Have you been to Lidl Bakery before? It's heavy. Do you like it? It's heavy. These are all the breads from there, mate. Right. Selection from the right, world. just gone up there, you know. He's gone up levels. Gone up. So Lidl breads, I've obviously, as you can see here, got a crusty white, got a nice French baguette. Can't remember what this one is, but uh, we've got, mate, we've got the, the breads is what we brought here, and we've got Italian hams, a little bit of cheese in there, no chutney. It's not toasted. <laughs> <laughs> it's your basic model, mate. If yours is GTI, this is basic, mate. I don't know if you can get that on camera, but... That looks horrible. I wouldn't, mate. You wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't make it shut down. <laughs> Not quite sure. On that. Hell yeah. I've seen that before. <laughs> yeah. Would you be disheartened if I had dance? I don't think I'm it's even mine, mine, mate. Big in, mate. He's still, still smoking that over there as well. Unreal, yeah. Oh, we, what are we doing then? Are we doing a job on him? Yeah, yeah. Get, get, get up yourself. Oh, class, mate. This is where Arky comes in with the ASMR on here, the noises. Scoop So we got. Great, oh, it's been toasted, hasn't it, Dan? Oh, God. Oh, wow. Is it heavy? Very good. I hope so, Dan, I made them. <laughs> mm. All right. That's decent, man, yeah. I mean, tell you what, play, I'm going to get any closer to the mic whilst you're chewing on that. <laughs> tell you what, Dan. That's it's all right, you, your family's a butchers, though, aren't they? We are indeed. And that's a little bit of a segment. So, 
what we're looking at saying is, I've generally grown up on steak butties all the way through. What sort of staples have you used to have had? Obviously, everyone's got different backgrounds and that. What was a normal thing for you to do on a weekend, etc.? Every Saturday for me was football in the morning, steak butties for dinner. Looking every at this. time. <laughs> on my I think we were on. Looking at this, is not no, much. No, we're going <laughs> we went. We grew up a little bit differently, I think, <laughs> by the looks of it. Um, Go on. Me personally, so I'm, I'm what's called a pad brat, so my dad was in the army. And there's a certain part of the army as well where I basically didn't see him. And then when he decided to actually fuck off, um, <laughs> when I was 10, never, he, I think he went out for a sandwich and didn't come back, actually. I'm getting, I'm getting emotional. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <You're right>. be, <laughs> the boys have brought it out. He went, over, he went out for a steak sandwich and never came back. And he, uh, no one then, so I, I had a shite upbringing, to be fair. So we, we, had, we had zero money, mate. So I, that's why one of the reasons I joined the army was to, to go and put food on the table, literally. So... Mate, we got what we was given, mate. It certainly wasn't steak butties, <laughs> so I'm fucking enjoying this. Yeah. Mate, I was brought up in Yorkshire as well, so mine's all like... My nan used to make Yorkshire pudding butties. You had them before? So, like, get a massive Yorkshire pud, beef, like, gravy in there, yeah. a little bit of potatoes like and stuff, market, fold it over, mate. It? Unreal. Yeah, so she used to do them. Um, but, yeah, same as... These are... These are posh sarnies in Yorkshire, mm. mate. You turn, right. I turned up to school in Yorkshire, this, these. This is me out. growing up. When I was actually younger, it was white bread, some roast beef from the day before, cooked mm. through, mm. Mm. Right. burnt to fuck. Yeah. 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 Or a pie balm. Pie balm was actually yes, the staple mate. of what yeah. I'd go for. Mate, where did you grow up? Wigan. Oh, yeah. Bait chill. Bait chill. Yeah, Bait chill, yeah. Mate, you didn't, did you take st- steak sarnies into school? No. Nah. It's good in his bowl. Yeah, Robin yeah, yeah. Sausage, but you couldn't take steak yeah. sandwiches. Yeah. No, you get bullied. No, I get absolutely nailed. Get bullied. <laughs> 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 steak butty in the So when we, when my, my dad fucking sacked it, we um, we moved to the cheapest place we possibly could. Just so happened to be St. Helens. That's why we yeah. landed up, up around here. So I've lived all over the world. But we ended up in St. Helens just down the road. So that's why I'm here now. Um, mm. So I'm 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 all favour with, with a pie barn, mate. Yeah, so you buy the details. No way around with that. <laughs> muffin man in Beach Hill. It's unrivaled. Trust me. The muffin man. Muffin. Man. There's two of them. That's where he's hanging There's out. There's two. <laughs> in Beach Hill. He's heavy. Yeah. Big large pie barns. That's what I generally grew up on. Class. Unbelievable. Decent. Brilliant. What about yourself, Andy? I'm from Oldham. Shame. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> right, lads. So. Let's have a little brief overview. Who are you guys? What are you all about? Gaz will go first. I'm going to scoff this. Oh, do you want me to go first? Yeah. Um, so I'm Gaz. I uh, obviously met you both. Well, didn't meet you, Dan. But I met Andy when he first came down to Red On Performance Centre. So I I kind of lead with all the operations on Red in the Red On Group. So Red On Group consists of about five, six companies now. Mm-hmm. So Red On Socks, Red On Performance Centre, Coach Mike Chadwick, Plug-in rehab. Um, the app. The challenge app. app. Yeah, challenge app. So we've got five businesses that are on the go at the minute. Um, I kind of run the operations in day-to-day of each of them, um, make his life a little bit easier. But we met in the army, we were in the army together. Um, and yeah, that's that's essentially where I'm at now. But Mike, what are you? Tell, tell us more about your military careers. Tell us why. We're very lucky to have the guys down today. There's a lot of experience around the table today. Um, and we're very, very fortunate to be able to do the collab that we have, obviously, with Red On, mm. because, you know, we've obviously seen that there's a big gap between, you know, athletics, or should we say, high-level athletes, and then yeah. the normal gym goers. So it's 100%. great that we've got you guys, and we're very grateful to, to be doing this collaboration. So just a little bit about your military background. Like I said, it's, it's a huge part of your lives, and obviously this is the reason why you've got the Red On, and this is why you've put yourself in this position. Just give us a bit about your military background then. Yeah, so I'm a former paratrooper, special forces support group operator, then Royal Army Physical Training Corps instructor. That's where I met Gary. So we in the army to be at the top level PTI. You come from all level, all, all walks of the army. Then everyone gets selected into this one little small funnel. That's where we met at uh, Royal Army Physical Training Corps. And so that's my background, and that's fundamentally where Red On came from. So just before you leave the aircraft, obviously as a paratrooper, I've got to jump out of the plane. Before you leave the aircraft, the red light comes on and then a green light comes on. You've got to leave on that green light. And if you don't, obviously the plane's travelling that fast. The parachute um, will get open. You'll land in a certain, in a different spot. So you've got to, you've got to execute the moment. Um, so everyone talks about the green light. 
What I decided to do was that I wanted to run with the red light. The red light's the most important. The red is the foundation of everything. So how you prepare for that green light. Now that green light can be a metaphor for anything in life. So it could be the whistle at the start of a footy match. It could be the moment we just started when we were going through the fizz before. What have you done and everything prior to that green light starting? Have you done everything you possibly can to ensure that you can execute that next moment? So that's where I talk about red on. That's that red light is the single most important thing is doing all the groundwork, all the prep work to ensure you're ready for absolutely anything, whatever mm-hmm. gets thrown at you. That's where the red on group got born from. And so it still has that military route. So that's my background and spent most of my time in the parachute regiment and then fundamentally started, um, fell in love with like the PTIs, mm-hmm. PTI side of life. So I, my whole rationale of when I was in the army was to be the best soldier I possibly can be. So I split soldiering up and I, I take that away now for the physical side of life four ways. Tactical, technical, physical and psychological. <clears throat> tactical and technical side is your soldier. So that was what all I wanted to do. And I was physically fit anyway because I was in the parachute regiment. So I could do whatever was thrown at me. So my whole thing was about going on to the next level, the next level special forces. All I wanted to do. I ended up being a PTI through mishaps and misfortunes got basically to be a PTI in the parachute regiment is very difficult because everyone's fit so to go and get that next one percent is like really really difficult to get I got it because someone didn't write me a report which is like a big no-no in the army so I got really lucky to go and get on it and I just fell in love with it to be fair and got myself on a degree in coaching didn't tell the army I was in uni didn't tell uni I was in army don't recommend that by the way I was the most (laughs) boringest bloke mate for three years I was fucking um so for two years, when I was uh, the lead PTI at Catrick for the Parachute Regiment, for two years straight, shit you not, most boring boat you've ever met in your life, all day, all night, yeah, still are, yeah. So all I would do <laughs> is I'd study every single night. So I'd try and catch up to everyone else who's actually in uni. So every night I'd have to study and try and get all my work done and then implement theory into practice the following day to between 50 and 200 people. So I felt like that at moments, there was not a single person in this country who had as much academia experience right at this moment in time. Mm. I was living and breathing physical training. So when the boys were all going out on the piss, all going out climbing, all playing footy in the night, whatever they was doing, I was just studying because I was getting all my training done in the day. And I just, I fell in love with it. And I was like, that was my why. I, was, I wanted to be the best at that then. So all I want everyone to do in everything I do is win everything. So at that moment, I was thinking, no one's coming near me here. So that's where it just grew and then special force got put to a side and I was like I'm, I'm pretty decent at this coaching stuff so I just ran at it and kept going mm-hmm. with it and just got me here yeah mm-hmm. guys tell us sorry go guys tell us your role within the military you did a lot of the rehab stuff right <laughs> yeah 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 so I, I, yeah, I started off with JCBs I started off, like JCB. started <laughs> off rehabbing JCBs I was saying so when I uh, <laughs> mate when I first joined the army so I went into the careers office and um bloke just said to me do you like Yorkshire and I was like mate I love Yorkshire I was like fucking love Yorkshire yeah why and he's like Yorkshire regiment and I was like sound I'm in went home to my granddad and he was like nah you need a trade went back in the next day and it was like right the, you, what you can do and get in quick is go and fucking work on diggers and stuff and I was like 17, uh, 16, 17 year old but diggers yeah I'm in on that big JCVs I love it love Bob the Builder let's go um, but yeah I, I did like um, bomb disposal then moved over to to the PT side of it but there's two What's lo- bomb disposal like? Yeah, we're just going to brush over that. Don't brush over that. It's a, it's a <laughs> fairly <laughs> heavy topic, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, bomb disposal and then, and then just some rehab stuff. PTI. Yeah, well, <laughs> Tell us what that's like. Well, so my role for the bomb disposal side was to basically clear pathways into buildings for Afghan and Iraq so that paras, SF, whoever can go in and not get blown up when they go in. So um, I was the guy they used to call when they'd be like, we're fucking sat in a minefield, can you get us out? Which is... Heavy. It was all right, yeah. So, it, yeah, I mean, it, it, you only do it for a certain amount of time, don't you? So when I got to a point of, like, eight years, there was a, uh, there was a point, um, so I, w- I was saying the other day to someone that we used to get a map of, like, every time someone had been blown up or some, a, a, an idea had gone off and I've got a big map at home of what, on my tour when it had happened, it was, like, 290-odd times. I give it to my mum for Christmas and she was just like, why the fuck have you given me this? Merry Christmas. <laughs> yeah. like, you go. You're lucky I'm back. Here you think you yeah. guys like yourselves, at what point do you think, you know what, that's pretty fucking mad, this? Yeah, do now, you ever think that? Now, yeah. Only now, yeah. in the moment. Now you, you can reflect on it. it mate. In the yeah, moment. Yeah. Like I, so when we was in Afghan, there's, you're living and breathing in that moment. So yeah. the moment mm. you come back, it's like a, it's like a drug. Yeah. All you want is that. There's nothing more 
like uplifting and nah. walking out the door and having a scrap. I don't know why. It's fucking crazy. And that transition when you come back, do you get excited to go back again though? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. He's like, I just mm. want to go back. Yeah, so you're like, you're, you're fighting people around town and stuff to get that buzz. Like, it's, 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 right. it's a weird situation yeah. to come back into and it's like trying to get yourself back in. Your senses and everything is just heightened to an inch of its life and mm. you just feel, you know when something's going to kick off. You'll be patrolling in Afghan. You'll get to a certain stage in Afghan. I shit you not, or wherever, wherever you've been on tour, and, it, and you'd be like, you go, something's gonna happen. It, you just feel it. You yeah, know, you know it's gonna it, happen. Yeah. I don't know what. I don't know like what it is. Like, it's another sense. Like, like, something's gonna happen, it, and it will. It'll just kick off instantly. And it's like you bring that home with you, and obviously yeah. that dies out. But I was it's like, because like you say about cars backfiring. I was um, chatting to another guy before when I first came back from Iraq. So there's a siren that goes off in Iraq when you get in a rocket attack. Um, an 18 year old sat there just going like it felt normal like you're saying yeah, now yeah. there um, it was the exact same alarm as the M&S lorry when it reverses mate so oh I was in M&S how mad's this I was in M&S at 18 my mum <laughs> I was in there with my mum and this lorry reversed in M&S there is an M&S in Scarborough and I, uh, I just hit the deck and my mum was like what on earth's going on and I was like ah we're in Scarborough, aren't we? You're <laughs> so in tune, yeah, yeah. you're in that moment, you're like, ah, oh, this just fucking happens, you know. It's same as when you're training now, you know, like you just you're in the locker, but you just keep going, you're just in tune to just move on to the next exercise and just keep moving out. It was the exact same as that. I think don't feel real until like now when some bloke goes, You went to war at 18. That's mad. And you're like, mm, oh, like yeah, fucking is a bit mad. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like the ability to brush over IDs in a convo, it's like, no. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is is there any kind of like hope and luck or is it pure strategy and it's just it is what it is it, there's a shit sandwich here but it's a bomb right you're going to come towards it like what is it is it genuinely like I know exactly what I'm doing or is there a bit of luck and hope for like so this is this was the issue you, Mike, yeah so like, like in, for when you yeah, boys are doing it we've been on I've been on course after course how to deal with IEDs and, yeah. and bombs and stuff like that when you boys are doing it it's potluck hence why we come and yeah. help you out sometimes whereas we're doing it I'm it's like, it's just a bomb. I can, I know what I'm doing with it and I can, you know, course, defuse it yeah. or blow it up. Whereas for you boys, it's slightly different. So when, when we're, so when we're scrapping slightly different to bomb disposal is we use a notion known as uh, so what? And I, I do that now in a coaching practice. And so just before we go out the door, we will have some sort of intel on where we're going to go and what we're going to do. And an example of that could be there are, we're going to go into this compound. There's research that showcases that there's four fighting age males. Each one is carrying certain kind of weapon system. They've done this. They've done that. They've had scraps before. These are the these are where they'd normally be. In. These are what they normally do. So what? We've got twelve fucking paratroopers about to go through the door. Each are carrying this. Each are doing that. Each are doing that. and it basically just big the boys up, going we're not fucking so what? Yeah, yeah, they have yeah, no yeah. idea what's coming through that door now. <clears throat> And then that's how we that's how we do it. So we get into the mindset. It's about switching the odds. Mm -hmm. So that's what yeah. I do now. Whenever so we like me with my buddies. Is that yeah? Yeah. No. yeah so you you've, you've done me, mate. I was a Taliban <laughs> sat there like, what's going on? Carving my own bread. So we, we do that now. We do that yeah. now. Whenever we coaching people. So our biggest demographic is now coaching people to go on to the most arduous courses in the world. Um, an example like UK Special Forces, etc. Or Special Forces all around the world. And all we do is we flip the odds. It's the hardest course in the world. So what? And what we start doing is we start creating one percent each way. We've got preventative injury strategies through plug-in rehab. We've got the guy who sits on the highest board in nutrition in the country. He's going to square your nutrition away, and he's going to go on competition with you. So when you're on the hills phase, he's going to look after your nutrition for you. You've got me there. You've got that, this there. There's your program. It's the most specific program in the world. There's no one going to come anywhere closer than this. Is our so what? This is what we're going to do about it. And straight away, this person goes, okay. So it is achievable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, you get the buy-in. So we say. I, I took over a training program in the military. Uh, it was known as Op Achilles. I didn't name it. It's a shite name. Some, some officer would have run the MBE off the back of it. And, um, so I created that, and they was going to sack the parachute regiment pathway from Harrogate. And what we did is I got asked to take it on, and could I do anything about it? And I was like, yeah, sounds. So I took it on. Long, uh, long story short is we tripled the pass rate. We... Um, we had like the highest pass rate on P Company since like World War II. Of these are 16, 17 year old boys now going passing the fitness test for the Paras and smashing it. And all it was was we created the notion of you are now an athlete. Fucking so what? That's what it is. So what? And here's what we're gonna do. All of a sudden, so at the start, my first um, iteration of it was I had 20 people turn up. When I left Harrogate, there was 100 people wanting to join the Paras. From like, so not only did we now triple the pass rate, 
there was five times more people starting. So we got triple the pass rate of five times more people. The numbers went through the roof. And there was a stat that someone showed me on, did you hear about the op pit and stuff where the boys went and got everyone out of Afghan? You see all that stuff on the Sky News where um, the paras went in and had to, had to get yeah. everyone out of <clears> Afghan. <throat> and it was like touch and go whether it was going to kick off or not. And the boys did an incredible job. Most of them had gone through the op Achilles pathway, which was pretty cool. So these are young lads now. I've just gone and straight away straight 18 in. in Afghan. And it wasn't like what we was doing, we just had to go out the door and scrap. We're very, very good at that. This was like so different in regards to politics. There was so, you can't fire your weapon. You've got to look after people. You've got to understand the situation. Different kind of rules different going on there. Yeah, yeah. Whole different ball games. Probably heightened stress levels more than what I've ever, ever, ever seen. And um, mental capability. They've got oh, 18-year-old kids yeah. make doing it, making these decisions and, and judging yeah. this thing. And it was like, I was like, fucking mm. fair play. And that's when it dawned on me what we did. And I went and did a presentation to every defence attaché in the world attached to the military. What was the biggest difference then, if you're saying that? So obviously you've changed the way that it's gone. What is the difference? So what, what we did. did, we did so from that? a physiological standpoint, I created a better programme. Yeah. But our biggest and best win was we ate pizza together. I got them together. Every single night, every single night, and what we did is we increased calories because what I did is I found a window of opportunity. So when you have adolescent physical development, I'm going to bore the fuck out of everyone. Let's go. So when you when you when you look at when you look at adolescence, um, there's they're significantly different to adulthood, and within that, there's a window of opportunity. So um, females are a lot younger, but males just so happen to be between 16 and 18. The testosterone levels go through the roof, and when testosterone levels go through the roof, the best thing we can do. Hypertrophy. Let's Feed. fucking stack the boys. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And I was like, let's do less, but more specific. I was like, the single reason why the failing Paris depot one percent again is through injury. The bodies can't withstand the rigors of training, so let's cut that out. We ain't looking to create paratroopers. I'm looking to create a foundation of strength to hand over these paratroopers to the world-class instructors of parachute regiment for them to build paratroopers. Not me, that's not my job right now. I went to the early stage of adolescence. With yeah, the foundations, boys. right. First. Foundations, <laughs> stack the boys, make them strong around the joints that are most likely to get injured and create this mindset that you are an athlete. 16-year-old kid and son in front of them going, you're a fucking athlete. Guess what happens when you start calling people an athlete? Start acting like, start acting like it, of course. And it changed the whole dynamic of it. We're not here to survive. We ain't surviving. Oh, mate, the yeah. whole dynamic of it changed. And yeah. these people are bouncing around camp going, well, I can do this and I will do this. Last pass rate's gone up to 48%. Our pass rate's gone up to 52%. We're now at 59%, 60% pass rate. We turned um, people who didn't believe in us into believers. And all of a sudden, they're cutting around like the tactical athlete. And it, this whole dynamic changed, and it started by getting I made all meat together and got them all pizzas. So we increased calories to increase because mm. we was now going to do hypertrophy. We needed more calories, so I wrote to the uh, naval defence, whatever it's called. You know, we do deal mm. with deal with like nutrition in the army. We were paying the arse, but um, I managed to get an extra extra meal in, which was the pizza or whatever we could possibly could do. And it went through the roof, mate. So at the end, what we do is we get... So I brought all things forward into this phase as well. So I got them all kitted up before they went. Um, I met their um, ongoing instructors before they went. And I remember we stood in, this, in the hall towards the end of this uh, programme that we did. And they all had their tops off. Excuse me, all getting measured. Mate, they were all stacked. They all stood there, stacked. Yeah. And I was like, I was looking around going... Yeah, and they, you could see them looking at each other going, we're fucking stacked here, let's go. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. And I was thinking, these are 16, 17-year-old boys. And they're good. <laughs> and I was like... And now, yeah. the best thing, so when I stood in front of this defence attaché, he said, I was getting all these awards. I was on the Queen's Birthday's Honours list in 2019. I was getting all sorts of commendations from bigwigs. And I was stood in front of everyone. I said, the fruits of our labour is of now. I said, you're going to see something very special in 5, 10, 15 years because these boys ain't getting injured. So not only now are you getting a 16, 17, 18-year-old lads by the time they finish coming through, is they're there for good. Not like when I went through depot. I survived. Nine out of 65 made it when I went through Power Edge depot. It's brutal. It's fucking ruthless. What about in the aftermath as well? Obviously, that initial <coughs> phase. What about then after that? That's exactly. So after How that, knees are fucked, again? backs yeah. are fucked. You literally... We're not driving him to, we're not looking for performance in depth, we're looking to survive. You just survive and hold on for dear life. So what I was trying to say is that these, to these defensive attaches, these boys are not surviving anymore. They're fucking thriving and they're ready to court. They'll do anything and you ain't breaking them. Load them, do whatever the fuck you want to do to them now. That's what I wanted to say is that create a foundation of strength and you can flash them to an inch of their life and create that, you know, put the calluses on the hands and in the mind, destroy them. Because they ain't breaking. Because mm. yeah. they now believe they're an athlete. Their body's ready to withstand the rigors. But most importantly, the head up there going, fucking throw it at me. Watch. Yeah. Yeah. Watch. 
So when you say so what, it's a completely so different what? scenario in there, yeah, right? and then exactly. How, how is it you guys manage then? Because all that experience, all that knowledge, these are for people that want to join the military. These are the guys that really, genuinely want to be there, and they'll probably do anything to to get it. Okay, with your knowledge and experience. How do we then relate to, we'll call it my kind of people? So when we came to your facility, we, f we was like, oh yeah, we're going to this little secret gym here. Yeah, this yeah. is where all the special forces guys go and train, you know. And I think actually that is such a great thing that you've got going on there because we understand that there's some things you can, you know, tell people and there's some things you can't by the nature of what you guys do for the special forces. So we was like, yeah, we're yeah. going down to this gym here. This is where all the big boys train, you know. But how do you, how do you now change your approach from being that kind of military, I guess, mindset and, I guess, the way you the operate pop, really, and bring yeah. it to people like me. Because when we came over, like, I was obviously amazed at the facility and the testing that we did and, you know, some of the results that we got. It was like, oh, great. Yeah, we understand it from a science point of view, you know, some of it. How do you, I don't want to say chill out, but how do you change the way you do things for people like us? I think we've tried to bridge the gap, haven't we? So yeah. what we've done is we have top five UFC athletes go in there. We have special forces operators in there daily. We have, you know, the, the top of the top people in the UK. And I think the reason why we wanted to build the collaboration with, with a hybrid uh, performance center was because, like, we want to bring it to the, to the public. Like, we want you to have a feel for mm. what a special forces operator goes through testing-wise, what a UFC athlete goes through testing-wise. Mm -hmm. And I think, like, when you came in and you did it, it's, it's like a look into... Fuck me if I was an elite athlete. Yeah. This is what they're going through. Like I, I am now an athlete. I'm ready to fucking give everything on that lactate yeah. threshold test. I'm ready to go, you know, toe to toe on a explosive jump test. And when we're feeding you little bits of information going, we had an SF bloke in here yesterday and he went to twenty one minutes. All of a sudden in your head you're going I'm I'm not coming off this. You're gonna have to fucking drag me off we, this. We flipped it, didn't we? So um the way you're looking at it there is that we've done that based upon the SF guys. There's no science or research for tactical athlete development. I uh, trademarked tactical athlete probably about five, six years ago. I come up with the concept in 2014 where I, when I went to Pyroedge Depot to go back as an instructor all those years later, I wanted to treat the boys like athletes. I had that mindset straight away that I didn't want them to just think of themselves as soldiers. I want you to be an athlete. I want to go one step further and be a tactical athlete. So it's not a case of an athlete's really easy to, to, to go to train. Your marathon when we increase endurance. Of course. Tactical athlete, you've got to increase every component of fitness yep. and be ready to call upon it at any given time. It's virtually impossible to train. It's fucking it's nails. Yeah. And so what we did is flip that. We put ta we put tactical athletes, is what we call them, into an elite sporting context. So the the performance center that we've got, the Red On Performance, is based on elite sport. And we place tactical athletes in there. So it's actually applicable to everybody. And that's one of the things that we want to do is we want to make that level of elitism available to everybody. Yeah, so that's the kind of style we always look with the gym. It's, it's bridging that gap between the elitist, obviously, CrossFit movements, really heavy gymnastics, etc., And obviously the basic kind of gym classes and normal hypertrophy. We're in that middle ground where mm -hmm. we love strength training. We love hypertrophy. We love doing endurance feats. I like doing all of it, basically. Yeah, and we're getting that to the gen pop to be able to do that as well. Like, obviously, me and you try and do as much as we can of different mm -hmm. events or whatever, and it's always been the same within the gyms. And it, whenever we did block deads, everyone started doing block deadlifts. Everyone copies and wants to do the same kind of thing, aspires to do stuff. Mm -hmm. And that's the way we've kind of run it within in here. You know, like, like you guys say, you, you, you was treating the soldiers like athletes, you know, every member. And, and this is kind of our mantra, I guess. This is like, we always say that everybody can get it, mm -hmm. okay? In this gym, we've got high-level athletes, and we've also got 50-year-old women that want to do their thing, yeah. yeah? And what we always say is, is that everybody can get it, and we want to treat everybody exactly the same and give them their opportunity. Yeah, yeah. We obviously know that there's levels to it, do you know what I mean? There's levels. How do you guys if you do treat the lower end of the spectrum of athlete. <coughs> Everyone's an athlete. Yeah. So, yeah. so it, that 50-year-old yeah. person you just mentioned, same conversation happens. From this day forward, you are an athlete. And it doesn't matter whether idea. you want to get up off the couch and walk to the kitchen for the first time in your life, or you want to go and pass UK Special Forces selection. From this day forward, you're an athlete, and I'm going to treat you accordingly. So, and we're very, we're brutal, aren't we? We're very yeah, we're yeah, ruthless yeah. with what we want to do. We have to win everything. So, yeah, exactly. And if you, you, like, and if you want to get involved in that and you want to come on board with us, and whether that is to go to the kitchen for the first time as a 50-year-old woman, I don't care. 
I'm going to push you to an inch of your life to go and do that. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we're going to scale back and it's going to be small steps. The same mm-hmm. as what we do with anybody, but we'll do it because mm-hmm. you're an athlete. And therefore, what happens when you do that is that one hour session, whatever they come in, they, they, they train in here. It's another 23 hours in the day, but you've called them an athlete for one hour. They're going to go home and they're going to treat themselves like an athlete. You're going to start thinking, would an athlete eat that? I'm an athlete. Would an athlete drink that? Yeah. And actually, like what you've got going on here, and the, one of the reasons why me and Chad were chatting about trying to build something together with, with the team was because you've got that ethos within the gym. And there's a reason why the 50-year-old women come to the gym to train with the 23-year-old elite athletes because they want a bit of that. Yeah, I want yeah. to remember that I can still train with them boys and I want to do that. Um, and that's why we treat everyone exactly the same. You, when you come into this, when you come in for testing, we don't go, oh, you know, chill out, go on the, on the bike and just have a nice we'll chill yeah, 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 You don't yeah. need to go to that level. You no, understand. Yeah, Everything yeah, exactly. is, by the way, you are at the standard of a SF soldier, of the UFC athlete. You know, for your age, you're in the top fucking 1% and that's exactly what we want from you. And we can give people stats and we want to, we want to breed like excellence. I think the world's very, everything's comfortable nowadays, isn't it? So if we can get people out we'll and about. We're going like, to touch We're going to get nice. into that. Nice. Oh, yeah. Nice. 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 <laughs> nice. nice. No, 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 yeah. right. It's a nice segue. You know, <clears throat> obviously, we've experienced the testing at your place. We, I, we definitely see the value in it of what we can now do with that information. Yeah. For our members, what is it in your words that the testing that you guys do can give them within their programs? Obviously, a lot of the guys in here follow our training plans some of them have personal training some of them have coaches etc but in your words what is it that your testing can do for our members that's going to really help them achieve bigger things because there's a lot of guys in here maybe joined two years ago was only running five or ten k's there's guys here doing ultra marathons now there's people yeah, doing yeah, yeah. out of yeah. nowhere there's guys doing crossfit comps there's guys doing the athexes <laughs> you know there's a lot of people now that have really really progressed and they're probably at a point now where they're thinking What's next? Yeah, how yeah. does that work? For how, how can that help? Well, that's we've that's why we've got so we've got Dr. Ash Cox who runs our performance center, <clears> and anyone who's been there, you'll know, like the mind he's got and how scientific it is. If you just sat him on here now, he'd be bored to death because there's so much science behind it. But yeah, it, there's a reason. That. Yeah, there's a reason why because he's 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 ed- he's been educated for 15, 16 years in this very field. So <clears> when we can bring in one of your members and we can give them genuine. Point. So we can all go in and go, right, let's do five rep max back squat now. And, you know, on Monday you might get, you know, 170. On Tuesday you might get 130 because you're knackered or whatever it may be. But with Ash, who's got the data set there to go, I know for a fact your one rep max is yeah, yeah, yeah. X yes. number. Yeah, yeah. And you can argue it all you want, but it's fucking science. Yeah. You know, the best bit about that lactate test, yeah, is that when we was doing, I did the run, didn't I? You did the, the bike. bike. Yeah. It's like... You can tell by the blood when that person is about to give up. Yeah. You just know because you know it's, it's just on, it's a number that you see. You see it creeping up, the lactate's creeping up. So if somebody's on the treadmill saying, I've had enough, I've had enough, you can go, you're fucking you're not. not. Yeah, you've yeah. not had enough. Yeah. Like, you've oh, definitely not. And it goes the other way. I clotheslined a bloke off the other day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally <laughs> fucking dragged him off. The blood <laughs> told me so, and he was going, I, I was out. He's running side to side. I was going, do not fucking come off this treadmill. Remember who you are and where you're going. Do not come off this treadmill. And then I, I looked at guys and I just slowly moved around the back of him and I was like, he's coming <laughs> yeah. off. He's coming for me now. <laughs> yeah. But I yeah. wanted him to push that 10 seconds. I wanted to give him 10 seconds of yeah. going, okay, I know where I am, mate. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. Yeah. Um, the most important part about what Gaz has just said about uh, testing metrics are cool. What we do with the data that's is what cooler. you do with it, innit? Yeah. And that's yeah. the most important part. So that's what we do from a testing facility is we put it into our terms is a member may come in here who is an athlete. What we would do is they would come um, over to our centre, get tested. We would then give you guys the report and you would then interpret that into their programme. So it will help with structure mm. and it will give you quicker wins and it will make sure yeah. that you're in the right zone if you go and running. Loads of people get confused with that type of stuff and it's either balls out all the time and if it's not balls out or not growing, work, we all know that that's not the case. You look at the, um, I think it's called the Kenyan Shuffle, mm. where the fastest guy ever over a marathon never seen his Kenyan shuffle it is literally like 10, 30, 11 minute miles and he just literally and this is the fastest guy ever and his zone 1, zone 2 works just a dead slow shuffle yeah. people don't like to do that nah, people boring. don't do the shit yeah, exactly. we know what yeah. we're, just we're, bad, we're, we're bad, bad for that yeah, yeah. Yeah. so are we and I'm always trying to place it into the athletes by saying listen we need to do the shit things that no one else mm. is doing we're doing the boring stuff, we're doing that warm-up, we're do- and if someone comes up to us who's like 
in the 30s and wants to go on special force selection, I'm like, you're going to have to do so much boring shit that you don't want to do if you want to go and be successful in this because you ain't that, you ain't yeah. that young pup anymore and you've got to do it. What What advice can you give? Obviously, our members and other guys are obviously listening. What advice can you give our guys the most about this kind of topic? What? Is the standard thing is easy days are supposed to be easy. Like, there's so many people going out there and blitzing their easy days, isn't they? Or if you were to pull out, and I guarantee for all your members now, if you went, right, show me what your easy run is at your five mile easy run. I bet all of them are at 130 to 160 ish heart rate. In easy, really, is it? That's like zone yeah, yeah, three, yeah, zone yeah, four. Yeah. So, same by long bike rides. How many exactly. times? How many times could you, you push? Out with that pad and go? You know what? Fuck it. Yeah, I'll just We're fucking push. Oh, you'll see someone. And you're like, yeah, yeah. I'm fucking yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to push this narrative <laughs> over here, but really, I'm fucking. We had it a couple of weeks back. We were out for a ride, and I thought I could get a bus. I thought, fuck it, I'm getting a slipstream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like, not catching a bus, lad. Yeah. No, but that's the that's that's the issue as well with calling people athletes. Yeah. People get that elite mindset and go, yeah. you watch how fast I'm on this five miler and I'm running up Rivington Pike now and there's a dog up there, I'm fucking beating that dog up, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But it's like, um, it's that, so you've almost got to temper everything down and when Ash is giving you hard data going, your zone two work is 90 beats a minute to 100 beats a minute, that's, that's facts. Like, we can't shy away. Like, I'd love to go, nah, mate, I can, my zone two is 160, mate. Don't worry yeah, about that. People find that is, you know, we have to fucking walk for a bit of this run. Yeah, yeah, yeah it, and it is. No. But the report says so, and the report dictates to you an athlete. So that's what an athlete does. And if you want to be an athlete, so that's what you it. have to do. Yeah, so when you're sat there cycling, you're looking around thinking, everyone here thinks I'm mincing it, everyone thinks I'm fucking just crutting. That's what you've got to do. Yeah. You do the shit things that no one else wants to do. He's the worst for it. 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 We've you got just a, get a little walk. He just tapped Jack's ass before. He was like, yeah, come on then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, Mate, Jack carried me in that <laughs> What's going on Mate, here? We've got, a, we've got an elite Ironman triathlete who's on, on our books. And she, she got a report back from Ash. And her easy run is 11 minute miles. She's like, it's, nah. Can't like, do it. I, She's I, like, no. She's like, it's not right. I can't do that. I can't run at that pace. And I was like, that's just how you've got to run. Like, you're going to have to get your head around it. If you want to get to the next level, that's how you need to do. She's looking to go pro this year. Um, so, like, there's, there's genuine facts, but almost you've got to get that buy-in on the athlete again to go, I promise you, this is the facts. This is what's happened. Ash is, I mean, look, the other day we, we did um, a high rocks athlete who came in and she did the lactate threshold test. Yeah, I've seen that. Ash came out with it and went, it. your predicted 10K time She's like, was is... She's like two seconds. Yeah, yeah. two, two seconds, seconds out. Difference. Two seconds out. And that's from taking and that, blood. And that was also well faster than what she's previously done. So we basically looked at that and said, you can fucking do this. Yeah. That's your time. Lo and behold, 10K just so happened to happen. She had a comp a week yeah, later, yeah. two weeks later. Went and hit, nailed the time. Because yeah. like, in her head, she's gone, oh, I can do that. Here's my mm. splits. Hold the splits. And I can do that time. Because... Data say so. The data. Yeah. I'll tell you what, so say, say you get that client who's pushing back now, I can't run there. What do you do? So you need some kind of win, don't you, to get them on side? But what that, do you do? What do that's you where your coaching in? comes into it. So we've yeah. got 15 years kind of, of coaching yeah. experience. Yeah. And, and I think that's where we all become good yeah. coaches is to get the athletes buy-in again. I don't think anyone can sit there and go, no, you have to do this and yeah. be very prescriptive like a PT. But that's where you need to know the yeah. person you need to be a good coach to do it I talk about it all the time coaching is such a, an incredible facet of training whereby we have all this knowledge on the body and how to manipulate it but if you can't communicate that it means fuck all yeah. so if you can't get your point across from a psychosocial point of view into the terminology that that athlete needs there's no dramas in calling your bicep a bicep your ass, your ass. like if that's, the, if that's the language the athlete needs and that's what you've got to tell them and it starts with why. That's their buy-in. Here's what I want to go and achieve. Well, if you want to do that, I'll run with you every step of the way and I'll run through walls to ensure that we win because we do it as a team. Mm-hmm. This is the data, though. And then, then you go to the next facet, which is uh, results spark confidence. I'm going to retest you in four, five weeks, six weeks, whatever it is. This can be an external test. So this can be we, we utilise the testing metrics that we use with every single athlete and internal testing, what we mean by coming over to the centre. We do that every like three months. Results spark confidence. It's known as perpetual growth as well. It's going to be you, be the old version of you. And I want you to fucking destroy him. Before you can beat everyone else, I want you to go and beat yourself. So when they come back, four or five weeks, what we normally do. Now, we both know that adaptations don't take place between nine and 12 weeks. 
we see 100% rise, increase in performance in four weeks' time. Every single athlete we work with, for a couple of reasons. One, we treat them like an athlete, change the game straight away. Before we do anything, before we do any metrics, before we put anything on paper, you're an athlete, change the game straight away. We ingrain habits. We have Gary from Plugin who does um, his like prevention of injury work. He starts utilizing like the warm strategies. We have Ash looking at the clinical side, looking at the nutrition side. We're getting all these 1% everywhere. Every athlete wins, and the moment they win in four weeks' time, and then we go, can you imagine what we're going to do in six months? Time up. Yeah. We're in. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. it, buying. Results spark confidence. Showcase your wins, and you're in then. The moment they go, mm. holy shit, I've, look what I've done in four weeks' time. And you see some dramatic, like I'm talking, especially the lower the train is, the bigger the gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, we work with people who's like, we're looking for 1% gains, but we still celebrate them to an interest yeah. life. Do you think because who you are, and what you have done, you naturally attract that person that's going to behave like that. Do you think that's the case? Because in our world as well, we have people that a big think that they want to be oh, like you that. You put it on their toes and the you, say, you say, right, okay, you've got to do this, 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 and this now. Yeah. And then it comes round to their session, it comes down to the, <laughs> the check-in, it's like, have you... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like, you no, no, I've not done it. Yeah, you well, know, we, we just changed our strategy we, for, on, for onboarding people. Because yeah. we, we've got the highest pass rate across every arduous course in the country. We're the best at what we do from a tactical athlete point of view. What that then does is people automatically think that that pass rate crosses over to them and they don't have to put the work in. It just happens. Just because you're and it affiliated. Oh, it's going to happen. Yeah. That kind of vibe. Words are worthless about execution. Mm. A program is worthless without the athlete buy-in. It means nothing. We can give you the best prescription in the world, but if you don't apply effort at the other end, it means fuck all. Yeah, so yeah. we've just had to change it, and we, we now yeah, do a 30 okay, minute strategy call where we literally look someone in the eye and go, Are you fucking on with it? Because yeah. I'm ruthless. Mm. I'm like, I am on it, and I'm, I'm, you can probably tell I'm very passionate about this shit. They get on a call with me, and some people just go, I don't need this in my life. Oh, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm like, just slam like, the laptop. Like, sure. <laughs> Someone's at the door, I'm going to have to go. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You've said it before, the amount of like, people we've seen come through, like, the fanciest stuff, the fanciest plans, and like, we're studying, like, we're not even tracking any metrics. Like, well, I'm going to smoke you anyway. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because you don't apply yourself to anything. Yeah. Well, that's where your coaching comes into it as well. Like, the fact, yeah, you can drag out how many online coaches are out there and look at their plans and go, and I, I say it from a rehab point of view and I say it from a programming point of view, if it looks too complicated, it's too complicated. That's just a fact of life, yeah. isn't it? We, there's, what we've just done in there, it wasn't complicated, was it? It was just a old-fashioned oh, yeah. grinding session. Yeah, well, that's going to improve your anaerobic system, your aerobic system, sure. your strength. Like, For sure, yeah. Th- there was nothing in there where I went, what the fuck are we doing on there? Why, why are we doing that bit? It was all just sensible stuff that we're going through. Mm-hmm. And there's too many people trying to overcomplicate training, rehabilitation, lifestyle, whatever it may be. Just fucking keep it simple. I guarantee if you go to... Daisy Chains on the Smith Press. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it, yeah. If we go to um, any of the top-level athletes who we work with, or anyone in the, in the world who's an elite athlete and went, show me a programme, it'll be five times five back squat. Just do that. Mm-hmm. It won't be, right, I need you to do all this fancy stuff and Minimal all this kind of stuff, and you go, what's, what's on here? It's like, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Minimal effective dose. It's madness. Yeah, you, you consider boiling the kettle. What, a, a 188 Fahrenheit or something. It was still. Co- it will continue to boil. Boils, boiled. Get in, yeah, get it done, and done, get out. Done, yeah. Minimal effective dose. Do the yeah, bare yeah. minimum to get the biggest bang for your buck. And that's that's what yeah. we have with every single athlete. Well, we've seen in the past with running stuff, especially on endurance side of things, where you get the most complicated stuff through, and it's like, you know what? I've no idea where to even start with this plan. Yeah. Like time on the feet when it comes to long endurance, just time on the feet can be 100%. so much more outweighing yeah. than yeah. this exact wattage on this time. It's like yeah. it's so hard to do that. But Biking, biking, running, running, isn't it? Like, just get out and... If you're doing an ultra-marathon, get out and get some miles on your some, some miles. Mm. Lads yeah. joining the army. One of the first things when you, I always get asked questions like, oh, I'm joining the army, so have you got any tips for me? Have you ever spent 12 hours on your feet? Have you ever stood on your feet for 12 hours? You had just been... Because that's what you're going to do. Yeah, for the first six weeks, have you ever done it? Waiting. Have you ever, have you ever done it? Yeah, they're like, walk about. no, I've never done that. I have an office job. Well, you're in for a big shock then. Before you even start running, yeah. Yeah. your running session's probably a week later after your medical. Before that, you're bouncing from the stores to go and grab your new kit. You've got the scoff house. You do your liaise with the gym. You've got your accommodation. Mm. Have you ever tried that? And they're like, no. We'll start there. Yeah, start. Yeah, Dead yeah, simple. Some, some of these haven't been up for 12 hours. Never mind exactly, yeah. 12 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to change the, uh, the pace a little bit of this now, boys. So um, mental health is obviously a massive thing, okay? And when we were chatting about this podcast... I, wa- I kept saying to you, didn't I? I want to make it so relevant to the people that we serve. I want to make mm. it so, so relevant to the, to the members that come in, the lads and the girls. 
and that was one thing that I wanted to talk to you about. Obviously, it's a huge topic, and we've got our personal views on it, okay, whatever. You, you guys have obviously had experience in the military um, and, ex, and experienced a lot more things mm. than most have, but I don't really want to leverage just it on that. that. Just yeah. use that. How do you guys manage people with poor mental health, or how do you guys manage it yourselves? Um. So I, you're I, the best guy. You had a fucking <laughs> full-on breakdown. Go on. Yeah, I know. So I was, <laughs> here we go. I can anyway, tell by your voice. Yeah, you see that? That's just my, that's my life out there. Um, no. So I, my my background, obviously, I was um, one of the clinical leads at Headley Court, so biggest military hospital in the UK. So we would get a lot of people, and so we we break it into courses. So we'd have to assess people for lower limb issues, and if you had psychosocial issues we would move you into a, a secondary kind of phase of it so that's when we had to like look at strategies what works for him what wouldn't work for him and all that kind of stuff but I suppose from my own personal standpoint so I got out of the military same time as you two years uh, three years ago now so three years ago um, which is the biggest shock you can do I think coming out of the military where you are surrounded by your mates doing whatever you want to do and all that kind of stuff and then coming into the normal world, and I was like, well, what are you saying? Oblivious to IEDs. Mm. Yeah, mate, I was like, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. so yeah. I, I, didn't, I never processed anything, mate, until I got out of the military, and I think once I got out, I was like, boof, what the fuck is this going on? Mm. At the same time, I'd like my missus from, my, my fiance from 10 years, she left, uh, pandemic happened, mm. like everything just, was, mate, it was just, yeah, so yeah. I moved, I came out on the day the pandemic happened. And I remember just thinking, fuck me, what, is this yeah. life? Is this, this is it? life, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, 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 what's going on here? Um, so, like, I can speak from my own point of view of the thing that brought me back from, I'd say, yeah, I was in a bad place, but the yeah. thing that brought me back was I went into CrossFit and I went into that group training environment, the community environment, and I think having people of the same mindset, the same ethos, driving you forward and going, there's a reason to get out of bed, go fucking train. And then once you start clicking onto that, I go... I need to be up at six in the morning. So and so's up at six in the morning. It's a brotherhood. I need to make sure that I'm there yeah, for that because yeah, I ain't letting yeah. him down. We know that. You know, yeah. so it's that building it's building up strategies <clears throat> for me to go, this works for me. I know it works for me. I know phys- there's a there's a stat, I can't remember what it was, it's something like uh, physical training's hundred and fifteen percent more effective than any antidepressant drugs. Of course. So I mean, let's start there. Yeah. If you are yeah, and, yeah. and the vast majority of people I saw at Headley Court when I was in a clinical capacity were overweight. The vast majority of them. So where do we start? Get in the gym, mate. Just even if you're sitting on a bike for 60 minutes and you're watching someone else do a session, <coughs> do something. Get the endorphins going. Let's mm. let's like move it in that sense. I think we have to now change the focus from go see a doctor because all the GPs, tablets. Yeah, all the GPs yeah, is, yeah. A, is a prescriber of going. Take some paracetamol. You got a bad knee. Take some antidepressants. You sound depressed. Mm-hmm. They just give out that kind of stuff when actually we need to be doing what, what actually makes a person tick physical exercise yeah. a purpose that kind of stuff mm. get them bought into that kind of thing so we work with and we're doing a obviously the um, the workout on the 11th yeah. for Reorg so yeah. Reorg have a really good model so they take veterans that have come out of the military and are suffering with their poor mental health what they do is if you go to them and say I'm, I'm feeling a bit bad I'm feeling I'm struggling They've got a whole thing where they, and their whole ethos is, we take all our money from the charity and we give you a year's worth of CrossFit. We give you a year's worth of Jiu-Jitsu. Go in, we'll pay for it. I want you in there five days a week. So either CrossFit or whatever, we're going to check that you're in there five days a week. And then what happens is they go, right, mate, we're going to stop funding you after a year or whatever it may be. Everyone stays on. Everyone's yeah. feeling better. Everyone's still there, more importantly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's the reason why Within we're going on that. Well. That's the, that's the that single denominator. It's the community. Yeah. So that's community something. Yeah. So people leaving the military, probably the biggest thing that they struggle with. And it's not just the military. It's every walk of life. Yeah. Is They have a lack of community. And it's one of the reasons why I'm hiring all ex-soldiers now. It's coming under the Red On Group. So I got to a position with Red On Group. And we're doing all right. John, uh, you said it the other day, we're eating okay. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, yeah. I'm, 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 we're doing fine. Steak butties are coming I, Yeah, exactly, yeah. Mm, I, I can start yeah. affording steak butties. And it was like, <laughs> I need the boys around me again. So when I was in, uh, in the reg, I was away for three weeks out of four, and, but with my best mates, traveling around the world, doing whatever we was doing. I then went to PT Corps. And one of the first things I realized straight away that I'm on my own, I'm a manager now. So the boys don't want to be with me, do you know what I mean? They want to, they want to go and do I'm managing a group of people, so I, I was just like, fuck. Mm. 
then when I left, I was like, you know, it was exactly the same thing. It was in, it was in, in like the, in the COVID stuff, and I was like, I'm lacking community, and I knew straight away, I knew exactly what it was. But so what I then I had a why. I need to build this shit now to get me into a position where I can start bringing people around me. Not to build the business. Got no intention. I still pay myself the same money I earned in the army. I'm not money orientated, and but I need a group around me. Mm-hmm. So I've just started. All I, my background's playing football or doing any sort of tactical athlete stuff. Um, so I'm starting doing all this, this hybrid stuff, the CrossFit stuff. I'm enjo- I love just getting in the locker. I fucking live in the locker. I've lived in that for years. And <laughs> yeah. That's me. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Getting in there, the ball, just looking around, and everyone's in exactly <laughs> the same position, yeah. in absolute mm. disarray. And you think, this is me. This, this is I love, love this type of shit. And that's the single facet community. You get that community. Obviously, you must, you must get a few people who, you, who come in that are fairly shy when they first start, and you can, okay. like, oh, without, yeah. but without like. Diagnosing someone, you can feel you, you know, you know, feel you know what the vibe is. But then you can see them grow in that community to be like team players and being part mm. of the community and running different stuff and things like that. And that's so. why you can focus on these people and buzz them up. Like you'd be you'd be surprised at just knowing someone's name and giving time a day. Yeah, that's unbelievable, yeah. Like we yeah. always pride ourselves, we know everyone's name. That's the point. Like I've had a client say, Fucking hell, you know, literally you know everyone who walks in. It's like, yeah. That's the point. We've known that since we've PT'd Obviously, from a business point of view, it's great. Yeah. You know the whole team kind of like member yeah, yeah, base. Yeah. Obviously, moving into owning the gyms and things like that, if you know everyone's name, you know something about them, they feel like they belong to this community, and, that's yeah. that, and they do, and that's 100%. the point. That's, that's what we do with athletes coming on board. We make sure that they know that if we're going to do this, we're going to do it as a team. Mm. This is the team. I introduce everyone. I introduce the team to the person said, you are now one of us. Let's go and win. And we'll win as a team. So when we get a message off, off one of the boys who just passes UKSF selection, all we do is we go for the secret athlete code of conduct. We spoke about it before. We don't tell anyone we work with you. You don't tell anyone we work with, with us. We train in science. We win in science. Really shit for marketing, so no one take that away. But <laughs> yeah. Really powerful for winning. Thank and all we get at the end, yeah. all we get at the end is a message saying, Mike, thank you, I'm in. That's it. And it's fucking unbelievable. It's great. And, we, and I feel that we've done something great there because we did it together. And... Yeah. We recognise that we've done it together. And I still speak to the boys now who've gone on to do incredibly special things. And, and it's like, mm. it's so powerful that we did that as a team. That community did that together. And mm. that's, you take that from a mental health perspective, it's the same shit. Yeah. Blokes those, need blokes. Yeah, yeah. For, for those listening now that have not had a military background, that have got an half decent job, they are training, but they still feel like shit and they don't feel like they're progressing in life. Where do you think the issue is there? Because it, I know for certain, because I think it's on purpose before. Yeah, it's purpose, I, I feel like it? we've all had sticking points, and, and us four sat here now. When we're looking to take, for example, businesses to the next level, we're all sat here as businessmen. It's like we're facing some challenges now that we need to overcome, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like there's some friction there, and it's like right, we need to get smarter here. We need to figure this out. So, what would you tell somebody who is they, they are t- they are ticking the box? Nu- um, sorry, nutritional. Yeah, they're ticking yeah, yeah. the box of exercise. They're, they're around a group of people, but they still don't feel like they're progressing. It's You've got to look what, inwards, haven't you? What? Well, the moment you come to terms with, it's never going to be enough. That 200 kg deadlift that you first get when you, you first ever nip that, you want more. Yeah. Whenever you run your first uh, sub three hour marathon, it's not good enough. You want more. You win one gold medal, feels great in the moment. Now what? The moment you come to terms that it's never going to be enough, and that could be in business, it could be from a physical side of life, and you come to terms with that and think, there's always a percent on the table that you're going to chase. And if you're, con- and if you're content with that and you can get on board with that, you're going to keep chasing it, but you've got to be conscious that, yeah, I know I'm, I'm in this sticking point now, but I'm chasing something. That per- comes back to what Gary said about the purpose, about go again. We go again, we reset, we reflect, chill out, we retest, we reevaluate, and we fucking drive again until we win the next level. Yeah. You see, there's no end to that game. No. Never. There's what do we ne- call it, lad? It's the infinite game, yeah. isn't it? It's the yeah. Infinite yeah, exactly, game. yeah. Do you really think... I listened to a podcast this morning. Do you really think <laughs> that playing that infinite game is real self-fulfillment? Can you be happy? Because if, if we're always chasing the next thing, do you not feel like at some point so we're never is, going to be happy? Oh, yeah. so, do you understand? So, yes, you can. Because those who win and continuously win... One of, one of the biggest factors and reason why they win is that they're happy in that moment. The chase is their happiness. They did a, they, there was a metric done on a tennis, um, uh, for tennis years and years ago. And they basically judged someone on uh, work ethic out of 10, uh, their ability to play tennis out of 10, 
and happiness to come to train that are 10. S- uh, Steffi Graf uh, yeah. scored 10, 10, 10. How the fuck do you beat someone who's happy to go into training every single day, where some people are so happy but shite at tennis, or really good at tennis but hated to train, never yeah. made it? Yeah. Steffi Graf went to be on to one of the greatest tennis players ever. You cannot beat someone who's happy to be in the like, locker. We see all the time the process, like we're massively like, ingrained just the pro, never mind the goal, we always have goals, we've always yeah, got yeah. it. The process of what we do day to day is massive for us. What have you been doing recently to feel like you're fucking still in the mix again at the moment? Wow, what's wrong with me, Dan? <laughs> well, we'll get onto that in a bit, guys, actually. So we'll, we'll get onto that. Yeah, sure. Show up. Yeah, not even sure. that. Going for a walk in the rain because the weather's oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah, yeah. to get back in the groove yeah. again and feeling like that yeah. again. Enjoying, there's no outcome there other than I want to be in the, mo- in the mood for it again. What I mean? about those that don't know what they want? It, what about those that don't know that their purpose? Like you said, there, someone's happy smashing themselves in the locker, playing tennis. They're happy and they're winning. Yeah. What if people, I'm, I'm now thinking about our kids, right? I'm thinking yeah, yeah, about yeah, Freya, yeah. I'm thinking about our girls, you know what I mean? And, yeah. and the kids, it's like, when they get to a certain age, what if they don't know what they want out of life? Where, where do we start with the people that are listening? Because you two are very, very high performers. You, you two have been in an environment that nobody could even comprehend. Yeah. And everybody wanted to be there and perform at that high level. What about the people that have never experienced that, that don't know what they want to do, that really struggle, and they sports. look at us, yeah, and they yeah. look at you two and go, because they might be listening going, fucking hell, I'm never like that, I can't nah. be like that. How, how, how do yeah. we help those people out so find... I'm, I'll go from mine, mate. So like I was saying then before, so I, like, he jokes about having a breakdown. I won't fire off, I don't reckon. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Midlife crisis at fucking 30. But I am... Uh, so I, when I left the military, I was the fastest Ironman in the military, fastest runner in the military. I, I had all these accolades and I, I was chasing greatness each time. Mm. Left the military. Um, and yeah, when I had that, like that, boom, what's going on? I, originally, when I left the military, so I left from, uh, I was an exercise rehabilitation instructor, one of the, one of the like, leads at Headley Court, so pinnacle of that. And I went, I'm done with fitness. I don't need it. Like, I'm, I'm going to stop. So I don't know why. Stopped dead on, like, Ironman, running, biking, that kind of stuff, and then went, I'm going to go work in the financial sector. And someone was like, mate, you can't do that. I think you might have done it. You can't do that, Gaz. So I was well, like, you, I fucking can do You told me that. not to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I told him. So I'm great, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm great at giving <laughs> yeah. advice, not good at So I was yeah. spoken yeah. the same yeah. shit. Yeah. I went and did, like, a project management course. Change. I was at the peak of... So Gary went down the rehab sector, and he was the peak of that. I was the peak of changing loads of the programmes in the military have been... I was credited with revolutionising training in, in yep. the British Army. And I was like, I'm yeah. going to go into project management, Gazzy. <laughs> like, you're fucking not. Yeah, no, I know. Like, what yeah. are you doing? And then he went and cracked on with it. And I was yeah, like, so I, I went into Barclays and thought, mate, like, the minute I got in there, I was like, I, what the this fuck am I doing me. here? Yeah, what am I, what's going on here? And then I went into a bit of a cycle for two years, mate. Like you were saying there of just what works, what doesn't work. And I was looking around, I was looking at Chad, smashing everything, doing coaching-wise, and I'm like, Fuck me, where am I going with my life? What's going on? So, like, you might have people who are watching this going, my training was getting back to be that because I was doing CrossFit and stuff. I wasn't as per- like, didn't feel as, um, I had as much purpose when I was doing Ironman and all that kind of stuff. But I was sat there, so I, I, I went, like, I'm, I'm quite open about it anyway, but I went and seen a therapist, had a chat to her, and, like, seen her for, like, seven, eight months just to kind of rationalise things in my head because I was like, this is what I used to do. And, and obviously sat down with a therapist, tell her, like, this is where I came from, this is what I did. And she was like, what the fuck's going on here? Yeah, like, yeah, no yeah. wonder you could, like, come in at, a, at 30 mm. years old and you're fucking on the deck here. But um, <laughs> I was just wrote down the notepad, you stupid <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Literally, yeah. literally, mate. So I, I seen her and then um, <clears throat> once I started, like, understanding my feelings, and I think that's hard for a man. Like, mm. I do genuinely. I think we're all... I'm, mate, I, I couldn't tell you last time I cried. Like, genuinely. Like, I think... You felt like due to being in the military, though. Yeah, yeah. So like, I'm the, gonna the get punched. Kind of no, I just think that's a bloke thing. I genuinely, I, it, that's it, just a bloke thing. It is a bloke thing. My, my, my mum would. I didn't take a day off school. My mum's like a fucking hard. Like you are going to school, and she used to say, if I was ill, yeah. she'd go go to school for the morning. I'll pick you up in the afternoon if you need it off. No one's ever like, picked up in the yeah, fucking yeah, afternoon, are they? Yeah. Um, so like that was always me. So I, can't, I couldn't tell you last time I cried. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I went and seen a therapist and was chatting to her through. And I was like, do you know what? I need to figure out that it's that purpose. Like, what makes me happy is helping people and working with like-minded people and being around like-minded people. How can I do that as a job? And, and at the time, I'd gone for um, a couple of jobs and I'd, I'd done pretty well in a business sense in little startup companies. And I was like, do you know what? I'm just gonna have to take a cut here. Like, it, amazing chasing money and all that. But actually, 
I can chase money for the rest of my life and not have a purpose, or I can drop my fucking wage down yeah. and I can go, I'm going to make a difference in this world and do something that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. And I think the UK is very good in this bubble of going, chase the money, get a mortgage, get married, have kids, do this. And all Same in my head, I was thinking, what the fuck's yeah. going on? I'm 30 years old, I ain't got a kid, I ain't got a mortgage, I ain't got this, I ain't got that. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is a pressure. For, especially for a man, it's a pressure of, course, of going, of I need to... I need to fulfil what my dad and my mum are doing and what yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. Um, so I was like, right, fine, I'm I'm gonna take a hit. So when I rang Chad and I was like, mate, I'm setting up my own company, can I come in and do rehab for, for the Red On group? Yeah. It was like, yeah, sound, let's let's try it. And then, and honestly, as I started doing that and I was like, I fucking love this. This is something I, I'm passionate about. I'm not earning the same money as what I was before in, in a business sense, but actually my purpose has gone up tenfold. So I, that, that weight between it, and I think a lot of people hang so much value on I need to earn this amount of money so that I can buy you know this hoodie or whatever it might be or do whatever I want to do going older like make we work the vast majority of our days if you ain't happy in your job you have to at some point come to realisation of going what do I like to do and how can I do it and if that means taking a salary drop and doing something that you've found a purpose with that worked for me and that's all I can say on that it's the you've mentioned it again there it's the the process isn't it so I, I wrote a book and read on revolution, read on from what I mentioned before, revolution from what I was credited before. And it's the starting chapters called Find Your Why. And it's dead important that it's, you have to have that purpose, that why is so important to start any journey, doesn't matter who they are. As you mentioned before, it could be anybody. The moment you figure out what you want to do personally, you have a strong why behind it, you'll do anything to go and achieve that. As long as you ingrain yourself around it, you're a product of a community. If you ingrain yourself around the right people, you'll run through walls to go and do it. So it starts with why. How do you guys stop yourselves from comparing yourselves to others? I know there's a lot of people listening that compare themselves. I have been guilty, especially with business, when we're scaling businesses and we go, have you seen that? Have you seen that? Listen, we need to fucking, we need to sort this out, oh, boys. How many times we do it through Instagram and things like that? That's what I mean. Using that how how do instead. you guys, yeah, should we do this? Should we do that? This how do you guys country. stop yourselves from getting distracted with the noise By and bullshit. comparing yourself to others? How do uh, you manage that? I think I did very well in, from a coaching perspective for doing that. One, I couldn't give a fuck what everyone else is doing. This is my why, and I'm running down here. Mm. Lo and behold, I, I, in my head, I think everyone's going to chase me. Everyone's going to want to do what I do because watch this. What I did is when I went into the coaching side of life, when I left, I realised very quickly that no one gives a fuck what I can lift and how fast I can run with kit anymore. I almost gave up that athletic ability. I gave up everything I do from an athletic point of view. I've told what I did before. I've been at the pinnacle for fitness mm-hmm. in the military. No one cared. People care from a coaching perspective about what you can do for them. And I realised that very early. People on Instagram and social media get confused with this. <clears throat> PTs get so confused in the fact that they showcase what they can do all the time. And it's great, and it's like, and it looks really good. No one wants to see me, I don't know, put 120 above my head. You want to see someone do that? Go and watch someone put 200 above their head. Go and watch someone yeah. pull 300 off the ground. No yeah. one wants to see me pull 200 off the ground. Like, there's bigger people out there. However, if you want a coach, mm. I'm your man. So... Mm. That's why I made, I made a very conscious decision very early that, again, the secret athlete, I'm training silence. No one needs to see that on social media. They really care about what I can do. And it, it, my business went through the roof because of that. Yeah. I think it comes down to, like, <clears throat> if you think you're doing your best, like, no, one, no one's got it all together, have they? No one has. Like, as long as you think you're so doing I your best, just fucking do it. No one actually has a clue. No. Everyone's figured it out along the way. And as soon as I well, seen that, that's why I was so successful in the military because I realised that no, this organisation has Archaic. no idea what's yeah. going on. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's life. And I used to manipulate everyone by, by I would say something and make everyone believe this was happening, and it would. And I'm just this sergeant, the lowest fucking one of the lowest denominators in the military, making things tick. But if you can front it and back it, oh, yeah. if, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, if you're going to say man. something, be willing to back it up. Yeah. Yeah. You walk into a room confident as fuck and say something. People will people go, go oh, okay, yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's exactly what's wrong. Well, that's yeah. the same wrong. mindset. But you, you say it with conviction. Yeah. 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 That was the same mindset you instilled in all soldiers anyway. Mm. Yeah. Is that, that ability to go, fucking let's go. Yeah. yeah. That's the point. I know, I know there's definitely, again, a lot of people listening that do compare, that really do. Are we now saying that it's natural? It is natural. I think, and you know what, we talk about it all the time because I feel like that me and Dan especially, we've got a very healthy relationship 
with competitiveness and willing to look up at people and have respect for what we they've done. We call it more of like an aspiration, don't we? It's yeah. like, that's a cool race, that. Let's fucking have a go at that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's not people like doing really well in business, people that are doing really well in business, it's like, wow, they've got some great skills. We should, you know, try yeah. and figure out what them skills are and let's get yeah, ourselves yeah. better. Yeah. But most people don't have that. Most people would look at them and go, oh, well, and they try and put them down a bit. Oh, well, well, yeah. how do we stop that? Is it finding what you enjoy the most? Is it finding something that you want to convict yourself to and be like, right, I'm just going to follow this. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I enjoy. I'm going to focus all my time on that. I think focus on yourself. Like, there's too many people who, are, who spend too much energy going, oh, Dan's created this. Looks shit, doesn't it? Like... It's a throwaway Who gives a anything fuck? you can do to Who cares? Back it. Yeah, it doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, yeah. Like, as long as I'm happy with myself, like I, always, I'm, I'm a, like, I'd like to think I'm a, like quite a positive guy, and I just, if you can't, I haven't got something nice to say, I've got, that's what I've been brought up. If you haven't got something nice to say yeah, about someone, don't, don't say, say it. it. Yeah, Why yeah. are you saying it? Like, no one, a throwaway comment, like fucking hell, Dan's running the HPC. Yeah, it looks a bit shit that. Like, nice one. It's you know, so what, what, who cares? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. We see it all the time. It's fucking ridiculous, mate. That, mm. And that's all it is.